1: I saw him go back into pistol and so right away it clicks in my mind you know they like running stretch or they like running truck out of this so when they left and the tightening blocked down it was just simple it was just kind of like muscle memory I had seen it already. I think that preparation piece is something that could potentially set me apart. EJ found
0: you first right uh-huh. and he showed me this. And this was the only play I needed to see. This was a, a run stop you had where you felt the down block from the tight end against Boston College. Yes, sir. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want to talk trash on a lot of NFL defensive tackles, but um, finding a three-tech that plays the run like that is a lot harder today than you would think. Yes, sir. Is that something that that you feel sets you apart from a lot of the defensive tackle class is that you can actually not just shed one, but get a twofer in one play and get the TFL?
1: Yeah, I think, and I think it comes back to preparation too, um, because their formation, you know, BC, whenever they had a tight end on the ball and he motioned back to pistol, we were actually getting ready to run a a pass rush stunt, Um, but I saw him go back into pistol. And so right away, it clicks in my mind, you know, they like running stretch or they like running truck out of this. So when they left and the tight end blocked down, it was just, you know, it was simple. It was just, you know, kind of like muscle memory. I had seen it already. Um, So I I, I think that that preparation piece is something that can potentially set me apart and, you know, being able to have that preparation helps me, you know, to play the run that way. So you saw this on tape that week leading up to the game. Yeah, they they loved running truck out of that formation. So it was kind of it was a little bit of a key. And then also just whenever somebody's blocking down on me and everybody else leaves, you know, you know the ball's going the other way. <laughs> it's going the other way. Yeah,
2: you're trying to pin me in place, and I don't want you to do that.
1: Exactly. And you're incredibly
2: good at getting out of that situation. Exactly. And a lot of your explosive plays are TFLs that look. They look different, but they look something like that. There's Mm -hmm. anticipation, ton of torque for a shed. And then there's the ability to explode to a ball carrier, not just wait for them to run to you. Is is go get them. So, again, that combination that Brett talked about of having smaller but explosive D tackles that can play the run Mm -hmm. is rare because there's not a Ton of folks out there that have that mesh of skill sets, but it's also incredibly valuable not just because of rarity, but because nickel's the new base, Mm -hmm. and they're going to run at you in nickel, and you got to be able to run them out of that. Exactly. And so, you're. I have a feeling that as we approach the draft. Your particular value is people go back to the tape, they look at the testing, they look at things like this week, Mm -hmm. they're going to say, oh, that's that guy. Like, that's the guy we need that can do those things. How do you feel about that? And if you're looking at a defense in the NFL, where do you where do you want to play? Not necessarily team, because I realize that's a tough question right Mm -hmm. now,
1: but like style like yeah so I see myself um as a three technique who can you know penetrate whether that be through base um things or whether that be through movements um and I've worked in you know at nose today to start and that feels comfortable too you know I played nose um also at Richmond and at Wake Forest you know between nose and tackle so um, wherever, but I, I like to be disruptive and I can I can definitely see myself being a, um, you know, a guy at that next level who's able to penetrate and, and um, you know, create some havoc in the backfield, so. so th-
0: this TFL that you had against Florida State, something I noticed about it, and Georgia does this a lot, so I don't know if you guys got some like, uh, you know, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart influences. Mm-hmm. So you stemmed into this right before the snap. Was this was this a tight call that you knew you were going to stem into, or were you guys reacting to like where the back was? Like what? what yeah. So
1: going in, our our uh, coordinator had called a play where we show four down and then we go into you know our three down look. So we knew um, going in that we'd stem into it, and then also again it kind of goes back to film study, just the, the type of plays that. Um, florida state runs so when you have the back away and the tight ta- and the tackles blocking down on me you know normally flow rules would dictate otherwise um, but you kind of feel that okay this is some sort of gap scheme this is some sort of power where he's trying to wash me down so then you just go and you fight pressure with pressure um and you end up right there so i mean
0: you got that's basically a three for one right yes sir because you disrupt the path of the polar now he's got to go around you you know, the the fullback is kind of like oh god and now all of a sudden like you know we like to think of it as spill and kill but you did the spill and the kill yourself yes sir <laughs> it's like, pretty hard to do man yes, it's pretty sir. hard to do
2: yeah when you say and that's where you end up or you end up there <laughs> not very many people end up there yes sir. you end up there yes sir not very many people end up there
0: in terms of um You know pass rush and everything like that it it is it is a little bit hard to to get an edge as a dt sometimes Mm because there's just bodies all over the place so do you yourself tend to find more success in your experience when let's say it's third and seven right they put you at a four eye and you got a one-on-one with the guard or do you tend to find more success either setting up or being you know the home run hitter on a
1: stunt what what tends to work best for you I think it depends. Uh, we went more of the stunt route a lot this this year, but also a lot of the stunts were three man, and sometimes they'd block with six. So, you know, sometimes like we had a we had some really good se- uh, success, you know, in the back stretch of of the year working some three man stunts that ended up working really well. Um, I think that you know. I can, I can definitely see stunts being something that I can and work really good at, but I've also been working a lot on my individual pass rush. Um, and, you know, when I get the chance to get some one-on-ones um, and be in a pass rush mode, I know that I have some moves that will hopefully be able to get the job done. So. What's your go-to? Like, What are you going to bust out of one-on-ones tomorrow? A little chop swat. Um, and it kind of depends. So I'm always going targeting that outside hand and um, – you know, once I get it, then I kind of determine if I still take the edge. And if not, then I'll probably pull it out and go to a hump or something like that. Are you a jumper? Because I know some guys swear by the jump when you do it a little bit. Like naturally, <laughs> I'm not one. I'm not quite Aaron Donald with <laughs> moving like four yards. <laughs> and like, one yeah, I know
2: it's not, a, little, a little unfair, a little unfair. Mm-hmm. Who's the toughest guy you face this year?
1: So it's tough to pinpoint a specific Um, like O'Lyman just because a lot of the schemes have been different like Chandler Zavala is really good he's here he's here Um, he's really good Um, but also their scheme was a lot more sideways or when it wasn't you know stretched sideways he was the primary puller on some of their power schemes so you didn't get all of the opportunity to go you know head to head with them but on those times where he did you could tell he's pretty legit um clemson had a pretty good o-line that just worked really well together and then florida state too i think their interior o-line um were really really good too
0: tell me about uh music composing because shane Mm -hmm. just told us that that you compose music
1: yeah so um so throughout high school i was a big i was big into choir Mm -hmm. um so you know like junior year i would take two choirs that were classes I take an after school choir um, and then senior year I did something like that as well and led two or three a cappella groups so throughout college I also did a similar thing I was a part of the choir um, we actually got to travel to Europe um, to Slovenia Croatia and Italy oh, Croatia I'm so jealous Croatia is yeah. gorgeous it's beautiful um, and to be able to sing in those spaces we sang at the Basilica San Marco in Venice oh. it was crazy it was crazy oh my god um so it was that and then you know i've been arranging with my for my acapella group just creating you know the music um and then i also got the chance to compose some of my own music and Um, Whether that be original songs that I'll just play like on the guitar, Um, but I also had a few projects. Um, I composed a choral piece in my last year or two at the University of Richmond, and we actually got to perform it. I'm still waiting on the video. It was during COVID, so it was, you know, a video performance um, more so. And then um, actually to finish up my master's at Wake Forest, I composed another piece of music. Um, another choral piece and I'm finishing that up going to send it back um, to the choral director there and you know maybe they'll be able to perform it sometime but that's a huge side of who I am you know that's the balance to this football side of me um, where everything is go everything is aggressive ferocious and music where it has a lot of the same qualities whether it be teamwork whether it be preparation um, and just commitment and you know putting in the time putting in the work to make you know, this quality output. Um, It has a lot of the same things, but in a a different way. And it brings out a different side to me. And without one or the other, I'm not, you know, who I am. I'm not a complete version of me. So, yeah, that's been really cool to to bring that with me. And music's a a huge part of even, like, my football process. Whenever I have the opportunity, I'm listening to music, getting my mind right. So it's cool. It's the full part of who I am when I incorporate football and music. So...
0: So I know there are some cities that are more known for music than others. You know, Mm -hmm. Nashville, L.A., New York, they all have NFL teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, Would you like to end up somewhere where there's a a pretty good music scene to look into?
1: I definitely want to be able to go out and, like, listen to live music. But there's live music everywhere. And I've learned that, you know, just being where your feet are, there's a lot that you can take in. And so, like, I was in Richmond, and I didn't even go and see the music scene there. But that's, like, a pretty good music scene. They have a lot going on. So it really just... Depends on how I use those resources, um, but you know, farther down the line is when I'm looking to to bring more of music to the front forefront of my life. Right now, it's football, um, and so if I end up in one of those you know cities, it's awesome, and I'll definitely go. And if I'm in New York, I'm seeing a Broadway show a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I have to and off to Broadway and
2: off off Broadway. <laughs>
0: yes, yes.
1: Um, but but yeah, it just depends.
2: So you talked about some of your teammates that are here that are super talented. I'm going to ask you a question about who's going to sit in that chair next year that's on your team that maybe we mm. haven't heard about.
1: That's a good question.
2: Who's on the come up?
1: Well, there's a couple guys who are on the come up. Another D Lyman who is on the come up. There's a couple. Sure. Really, that that whole front will be really good. Um, but Kevin Pointer's going to be really good. Jashin Davis, kid has a, a motor that's unlike any other. He challenges me to, to play harder. Um, and I'm so grateful for, you know, us being able to compete in those ways. We would, um, in the beginning of practice, we'd be like, I'm going to get to the ball first. And it's, No. You're going to get the ball. Or no, I'm going to get the ball first. So we have this, this competition. Um, but them and then um, this guy isn't going to be a senior next year. And I'm not sure if JD will be either. But Malik Mustafa, he is – he is a critical piece of this defense um that we had at wake and you saw that in the last couple games where he was out um we definitely missed him a lot so he is a guy who is just explosive he's fast he can do anything and everything and he was at uh he was with me at richmond actually for one year he was the first one to go to wake so
0: so you're you're one of the last college players that kind of remembers what the transfer portal was like before it Mm -hmm. way opened up Mm -hmm. right and before nil started up Mm -hmm. how do you feel like college football has changed and like what are what are the ways that i think or one of the what are the ways that you think that it has benefited players to have more mobility and kind of agency over their own careers yeah
1: so there's i think there's a point where it's good to transfer and a point where it's not um You know, I think one of the areas that kids are being hurt in is they get one year and because they don't want the competition or for whatever reason they leave and they end up transferring multiple places but not coming away with a college degree. And that's one of the foundational, you know, things of college football is, yes, you are a athlete, but you're also a student. You get to get a degree. You get something that will set you up for life after football. Because at the end of the day, we don't always get to choose when our last snap is going to be. But I also think that it gives a lot of new opportunities. You know, people who go somewhere and they clearly know that this isn't what's meant for them. They have the opportunity to then move on and, you know, go and pursue another opportunity that could be a better fit for them. Um, so I think it gives them some some, you know, opportunity to be themselves. And you just kind of have to know yourself within this whole process of am I running away from competition? Am I running away, you know, for reasons other than this isn't the right space for me? Or is it, you know, I need another opportunity to showcase what I have? Um, and in those opportunities, you know, it, it just depends on what you make of it. so.
0: As with all things, there
1: is nuance. Yes, yes that's <laughs> I think right. That's been lost in a
0: lot of media where people make it's these funny, blanket they, statements.
2: They asked that question, uh, not necessarily about NIL, but about transfer in both of the post-practice press conferences mm-hmm. today to, to different figures. And their answers were the same, mm-hmm. right? That it's they were talking about a player, player development sphere. Like, mm-hmm. do you think it's good or bad? And they're like, well, I think it can be both, yeah. right? It can be a thing where you're stuck or there's a change and you get an opportunity that's positive, or it can be a thing where you go from system to system to system and you never set in any of them, Mm -hmm. and you don't really gain and develop in the way that you used to. So uh, it is that double-sided coin, right? That there's, it really does depend on the individual, which comes back to choice and making a good one. Yes,
1: sir.
0: Has there been any uh, coaching points? I know it's only been one day of practice so far. Any coaching points today that that you gleaned from this staff that, that was something new?
1: Ooh, there's one. There was a, a bar that Coach, Coach Goeth had. Um, it was, it was essentially like when you're running horizontally without your square, without your pad square, you create vertical seams. So mm-hmm. making sure that we we're playing with square pads, so that you know, even if the running backs come back, we're able to snatch back and make a play, or we're you know not lying to the linebackers. We're truly in our gap, and they're able to play fast. Um, but yeah, the the biggest thing is it all comes down to doing your 111th, and that's a big thing about like being here is we're with a bunch of great talent nobody's just head and heels better than each other. And, um, and I think having that mindset, too, of I'm not better than the next man. Like, obviously having confidence, but, like, I don't deserve to go and do something outside of the scheme that's going to jeopardize the guy behind me or jeopardize the guy beside me. Um, so it's all about doing your 111, doing your part so that there's a trust that gets established so that everybody can play fast. It's not just about you. So I thought that was something that was really cool. He dropped a little bar. I gotta, I gotta remember what it was.
0: Year after year, EJ and I have done this. You know, three years now. Uh, defensive linemen are the best interviews, man. Oh yeah, a ton of fun. <laughs> yes, sir. That
2: particular piece, thinking about staying square. Reminds me of JT O'Sullivan, who runs uh-huh. QB School Channel. Mm-hmm. He talks about defensive backs and mm. he said, when you turn your head, you're literally covering the width of your pads. That's all you do is a defensive back. So if you are away from the ball, you are this wide mm-hmm. and quarterback can throw anywhere around you. And no. I'm thinking of that in reverse and, if you turn yourself, you are this wide, mm-hmm. and there's this much space beside you that you're now no longer occupying. So mm-hmm. it, I'm always fascinated by those sort of in, uh, intra positional designations yeah. that yeah. sort of line up the same way. And you're like, it's the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. right. The same exact thing. Well, unless you're Aaron Donald, you're not spinning back the other way. Exactly. <laughs> so don't try it. Don't try it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man.
0: This is a great interview. Yes, you're, you were amazing on day one. Your tape's awesome. We can't wait to see where you go.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you. Too. Toby, thank you for taking the time. Yes, sir. Thank you.